Today's reading is taken from John chapter 6, verses 25 to 71. When they found him on the other side of the lake, they asked him, Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus answered, Very truly, I tell you, you were, lo- you were looking for me not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to, internal, to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him God the Father has placed his seal of approval. When they asked him, what must we do to do the work God requires? Jesus answered, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. So they asked him, what sign then will you give, give that we may see it? and believe you. What will you do? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness as it is written. He gave the bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said to them, very truly I tell you, it is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it is my father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, always give us this bread. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never go thirst, never be thirsty. But as I told you, you have seen me and still do not believe. All those the Father gives will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never dr- drive away. For I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I shall lose none of all those he has given me, but raise them up at the last day. For my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life, and I will raise them up at the last day. At this the Jews there began to grumble about him, because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. They said, Is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph, his father and mother we know. How can he not now say, I came down from heaven? Stop grumbling among yourselves, Jesus answered. No one can come to me unless the father who sent me draws them, and I will raise them up at the last day. It is written in the prophets, they will all be taught by God. Everyone who has heard the father and learned from him comes to me. No one has seen, who has seen the father except me, except the one who is from God. Only he has seen the father. Very truly I tell you, the one who believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, yet they died. But here is the bread that comes down from heaven, which anyone may eat and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. Then the Jews began to argue sharply among themselves. How can this man give us his flesh to eat. Jesus said to them, very truly I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise them up at the last day. For my flesh is real food and my blood is real drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in them. Just as the living Father sent me and I live because of the Father, So the one who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Your ancestors ate manna and died. 
but whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. He said this while teaching in the synagogue in Capernaum. On hearing it, many of his disciples said, this is a hard teaching, who can accept it? Aware that his disciples were grumbling about this, Jesus said to them, does this offend you? Then what if you see the Son of Man ascend to where he was before? The Spirit gives life, the flesh counts for nothing. The words I have spoken to you, they are full of the Spirit and life. Yet there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus had known from the beginning which of them did not believe and which would betray him. He went on to say, This is why I told you that no one can come to me unless the Father has enabled them. From this time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. You do not want to leave too, do you? Jesus asked the twelve. Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and to know you are the Holy One of God. Then Jesus answered, Have I not chosen you, the twelve? Yet one of you is a devil. He meant Judas, the son of Simon Iscarot, who, though one of the twelve, was later to betray him. Thanks, Claire. There's a lot in that, isn't there? It's a long reading. It's a rich passage. I'm not going to be able to do it justice in just one sermon, Uh, but if there are things that I don't touch on this morning that you notice, uh, feel free to, let's talk more about it. It is a great passage. There is lots of, as Jesus says, life and truth in these words. And so I'm going to pray and ask that God would help us to understand them. Would you pray with me? Father God, we thank you for your word. Your word of life, your word of truth, the word by which we may know Jesus. Lord, help us to understand what it is that Jesus is saying to us this morning in these words, but help us not just to know in our heads, but to be moved in our hearts to trust him, to feed on him as he tells us to do. Lord, would you help us do that this morning, we pray for our good and for the glory of our Saviour Jesus. Amen. I read an article recently that claimed that the average Aussie household spends over $1,200 on subscriptions and memberships that they don't use. Things like Netflix, newspaper subscriptions, gym memberships, $1,200 on things that you don't want, don't need, and don't use. But just imagine how much higher that figure could be if you counted all the things that you thought you wanted or needed but don't use anymore. Just have a think. Think about the things that you've bought in the last month that are already in that same category. Don't want, don't need, don't use. It's a good reminder to look through those bank statements and reconsider some of the choices that you make. But reconsidering our choices isn't just something that we do with our financial decisions, is it? I know of a few people within our congregation who have recently reconsidered their choices when it comes to drinking alcohol. 
They saw that alcohol was only making them poorer and fatter and less happy, and so they said, I don't want it, I don't need it, let's get rid of it, and good on them for doing so. Now, of course, not all the choices that you make are up for reconsideration. There may be days when you look at your kids and wonder whether you want them or need them, but there is no unsubscribe button there, you are committed, and that is a good thing. But there are choices we can make, and so it all raises the question, do the things that we choose actually satisfy us? Do the purchases that we make, do the pathways that we take, actually deliver what we hoped they would deliver? Do they satisfy us? Well, this morning we're picking up where we left off last week in John chapter 6. And in John 6, Jesus is talking to people who thought they knew what Jesus offered. They had expectations about what he would deliver. But by the time Jesus finishes speaking here, we have one group of people who find him so... uh, who, who hit the unsubscribe button on Jesus. They go away disappointed. And we have another group of people who find in Jesus the key to true and lasting satisfaction. One group that walk away disappointed, one group that come away completely satisfied. And what is it that makes the difference between these two groups? Well, it comes down to recognising what it is that Jesus really offers us. So what is it that Jesus offers? Let's take a look at John 6. Uh, If you've got an outline, there's some points on the back. But if you were with us last week, oh, they're up here. Here we go. If you were with us last week, you'll remember John 6 began with Jesus feeding an enormous crowd of people with a young boy's lunch. He took five small bread rolls, two small fish, and 5,000 men plus women and children had all they could eat, and in the end they walk away with 12 baskets of leftovers. Now, it's an amazing miracle, a sign, and so the next morning, or the crowd, they wake up and what do they do? They go, hey, that was fun, let's go do that again. That was great, let's go see what else Jesus has for us. And so they go off to try to find Jesus. Now, you'll remember the the previous day, the day that Jesus fed the 5,000, some people in the crowd were so impressed with what he did that they tried to force him into leading a rebellion against the Romans. And so Jesus had slipped away, he had escaped, and he'd gone back to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, but he took a bit of a shortcut, he walked across the water. He's back on the other side, he's in Capernaum. And eventually the crowd finds him in verse 25. And then they ask him, Rabbi, when did you get here? Now it seems like an odd question because the real question is not when did you get here, but how did you get here? Because they know he didn't walk around around on the shoreline. They know there were no boats to take him back. How did he get here? But Jesus doesn't really care what their question is. He, he ignores their question because he gets right down to the heart of the issue with these people. Have a look how Jesus answers in verse 26. He says, very truly I tell you. Now watch out for that line. It's Jesus' way of saying, this is really important, listen up. Very truly I tell you, you are looking for me 
Not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Such is the spiritual temperature of this crowd that not only do they not see what Jesus' miraculous signs were pointing to, they don't even recognize that they are signs. The reason they came searching for Jesus is not because he's the Son of God. It's not because he did incredible things that pointed to who he is. They came simply because he makes good bread. They're just like some of the guys I went to uni with. They, they would have signed up to the Communist Party if it got them a free lunch. That they don't care who Jesus is. This crowd don't care what Jesus says. All they care to know about Jesus is that he can give you a good feed. Now, you might shake your heads at that, but this crowd embodies one of the most common misunderstandings of Jesus for people in our culture today. Myth number one about Jesus in our day is that Jesus exists to give us the stuff that I want. And it's not just unbelieving people who think this about Jesus. There are churches Churches here in Noosa that are teaching people that Jesus came to bless you with stuff. To make you wealthy, to make your family flourish, to make your life easy. And the reason this kind of teaching is so popular is because most of us are just like this crowd in Capernaum. We, we want a Jesus who fills our bellies and fills our bank accounts. But do you notice what Jesus says to this kind of thinking in verse 27? He says, do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. Friends, Jesus looks on this crowd longing for bread, and he says, no, 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 don't, don't work for that. I've got something better. Don't devote yourself to the things that won't last. Don't focus all your time and energy and attention on things that break, on things that depreciate, things that rust and rot and get consumed, things that die. Friends, Jesus wants to give you something better, something that endures forever. He wants you to set your hopes on something better. Friends, I wonder what you would see if you were to start counting the hours in your day that you spend working on the food that spoils against the hours in your day that you spend working on the food that endures to eternal life. Have a think. Is your life more focused on the here and the now or are your eyes fixed on the eternity that is to come? Friends, Jesus came to offer you something enduring, not temporary. That is our first point. Our second point is that Jesus came to offer you something that is received, not earned. Because upon, appearing, upon hearing sorry, Jesus' instruction to work for the food that endures... Well, the crowd immediately uh, reveals their belief in the second biggest myth about Jesus in our culture today. 
If the first biggest myth is that Jesus exists to give us the stuff that we want, the second biggest myth is that we need to work for it. And so when Jesus tells this crowd that he wants to give them food that endures to eternal life, the first thing they say is, great, what do I need to do? How can I earn it? What's, what must we do to do the works God requires? To which Jesus replies, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. Which is the same as saying, you don't need to do anything. You just need to accept that Jesus has done it all for you. Now, brothers and sisters, if you're new to the things of Christianity or if you've called yourself a Christian for as long as you can remember, hear this. <laughs> truly, truly, I say to you, nothing that you do will make you any more deserving or make you any more likely to take hold of the eternal life that Jesus offers. Nothing that you do. All you can do is receive. Believe in Jesus. But the question is, what does that actually look like? What does it mean to believe in Jesus? The crowd here seem to think that believing in Jesus is a matter of believing that Jesus is who he says he is. And so they ask for some evidence. Verse 30. What sign then will you give us so that we may see it and believe you? What will you do? Now, it seems like a perfectly legitimate request. You're asking us to believe you, so give us some credentials, give us some evidence, give us some reason why we should believe you. Give us proof that you are from God as you say you are. But ignoring the fact that this is the very crowd that just a day earlier saw Jesus feed 5,000 people with a boy's lunch, the very same crowd who saw Jesus bring bread from heaven as they now request from him, ignoring all that, this is not the kind of belief that Jesus is after. Believing in Jesus is not just believing who, that Jesus is who he says he is. That is important. But it's not, it's not merely something that we give assent to in our minds. Often I think we can think about believing in Jesus as sort of, you know, going through the Apostles' Creed and sort of giving a tick next to each statement. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. Yeah, tick. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord. Yes, I agree. Tick. Knowing the facts about Jesus is essential. But Jesus is asking you to believe in him. And that is something quite different. And the only way to believe him, believe in Jesus, is to eat him, says Jesus. The crowd wants Jesus to bring down bread from heaven. And Jesus says, I am the bread from heaven. I am the bread of life. And anyone who eats me will live forever. By the time we get down to verse 53, Jesus gets quite graphic with it. He says, Very truly I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, 
you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise them up on the last day. For my flesh is real food, and my blood is real drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me, and I in them. Now, what on earth is Jesus talking about? Now, I think we can exclude the obvious. Jesus is not asking us to literally eat his human flesh. No one has done that. Cast that out of your minds. He's not talking about the Lord's Supper either. At first glance, it sounds like it's kind of a communion sort of thing that he's got going on here. He hasn't instituted the Lord's Supper yet at this point. But even if he had, Jesus will never tell you that by eating and drinking the Lord's Supper, you will gain eternal life. He won't say that. No, what Jesus is saying is actually quite simple. His point is this. Believing in Jesus is depending on Jesus for eternal life in the same way that you depend on physical food for physical life. Have a think. Everyone knows that you need to eat food to live, right? Sure, you can live a few weeks without eating, but eventually you're going to need to eat don't eat you won't live you need food you know you need food and so you do whatever it takes to make sure that you have food now in our culture that's not particularly hard we just walk into Woolies and it's there but of course it's not just enough to know that food exists is it if you sit at home and look at a full cupboard and go ah I'll be right but don't eat it you will not live You you actually need to eat it. You need to consume it. It needs to go into you. Friends, believing in Jesus is the same. It is relying on him. It's not just knowing that he can give you life, but entrusting yourself to him, depending on him, knowing that without him you will have nothing. Which means a Christian is not someone who agrees that Jesus was a real historical figure, although they will. A Christian is not someone who believes that Jesus did miraculous things, although they will. A Christian is not just someone who thinks Jesus exists to give them health and wealth and comfort. A Christian is not someone who follows Jesus' example of being loving and generous. A Christian is not someone who has earned God's favor. No, friends, a Christian is someone who depends entirely on Jesus, both for this life and the next. Someone who knows that it is only through Jesus' body being broken and blood being spilled on the cross that we can live. Well, the crowds are troubled by Jesus' words. In verse 41, we're told the Jews grumbled about what Jesus said. In verse 61, even some of his followers grumbled about his teaching. They say, this is a hard teaching. Who can accept it? And they're right. It is hard. It's so hard that in verse 66, John writes that from this time, many of Jesus' disciples turned back and no longer followed him. They hit that unsubscribe button. They cancelled their subscription. 
They thought that Jesus offered them an easy life, a comfortable life, a life where they got to call the shots, a life where they are the ones in control. But they came to realize that this is not at all what Jesus came to offer. Jesus came to offer life, full life, satisfying life, a life where you will never hunger or thirst ever again, a life where you are, even your deepest longings and needs are met. But it's a life that comes by surrendering completely to him. A life of being dependent on him. A life where your future is not decided by what you want, but what he wants. A life where your success comes not from your strength, but from his strength. A life of surrendering control to Jesus, the king. And for some, it's too much to ask. It's too hard. It wasn't what they wanted, and so they turned back and they stopped following Jesus. And so Jesus turns to the 12, his closest friends, and he asks them, you don't want to leave too, do you? He invites them to consider their choice. Is it this life or is it eternal life? Is this life going to be about you or about me? And Peter answers, I love these words. He says, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and to know that you are the Holy One of God. You see, Peter sees it. He knows that only Jesus can give him what he truly craves. Only Jesus can offer the kind of life that truly satisfies. He knows that Jesus offers him something enduring, not temporary. He knows that Jesus offers him something as a gift, not something that he can earn. He knows that what Jesus offered is completely secure because he's, he knows that Jesus says he will not let go of those that the Father have given to him. He knows it won't be easy. He knows following Jesus will mean difficulty. But he knows that only Jesus offers real life. And so he entrusts himself to Jesus. He eats the bread of life and lives. Friends, this morning I want to invite you to consider your choice when it comes to Jesus. And if you're here this morning and you're following a Jesus that is more about now than it is about eternity, if you're following a Jesus that is more about you than it is about him, if you're following a Jesus that is more about the gifts than it is about the one who gives them, if you're following a Jesus in the hope that he will make your life comfortable and easy without asking much of you, I want to encourage you to hit the unsubscribe button on that Jesus this morning because he's a myth. Now, he might not ask much of you now, but in the end, it will cost you your life. It's a dangerous illusion, a false gospel, not Jesus. And friends, I want to invite you to come to the real Jesus, the bread of life. Come to him. 
Trust in him. Rely on him. Now, will it make your life easier? Absolutely not. It'll make you poorer as you realize and you learn to become radically generous just like him. It will make you less popular as you're hated by a world that hates him. It'll make you less comfortable as he leads you down the path of most resistance. It'll cost you your weekends. It'll cost you your time. It will hurt. But friends, when you come to this Jesus, when you feed on him, rely on him, he will give you life. A satisfying life. A life that satisfies everything that you crave in a way that is beyond your imagination. Friends, come to him. Whoever comes to him will never go hungry. Whoever comes to the Lord Jesus and believes in him will never be thirsty. Will you come? Let me pray. Father God, this is a difficult teaching. It is difficult for us to accept that we need to depend on you completely and that it is only in you that we can find life. It is difficult for us to humble ourselves to the point of recognizing that we need you and that we cannot do this ourselves. It is difficult for us to let go of some of the things of this world. It is difficult for us to let go of our comfort, to let go of our ease. It is difficult for us to follow, to believe, to entrust ourselves to the Lord Jesus. But Lord, help us to see that when we come to Jesus, when we entrust ourselves to him, when we believe in him, we have all our desires and cravings met. Help us to see that in him is real life. Not just this temporary life, but a life that endures for all eternity. A life where we enjoy relationship with you, where we are yours and we get to Uh, enjoy living in your love. Lord, keep us longing for this life. Help us to trust in you, to believe in the Lord Jesus, we pray. Amen.